Hey, welcome to the Anxiety Relief Brief. I'm your host, Gabrielle Rose. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, but above that, I like to identify as simply a present human being. Am I always present and am I always peaceful? Absolutely not. I struggle with my own anxiety too. And I aim to bring my personal and professional experiences with anxiety to this podcast to support listeners in understanding the root of their own anxiety, in identifying effective coping skills, and particularly coping skills that play to personal strengths. I'm so thrilled that you've decided to join me on this podcast journey and look forward to helping in whatever way I can. Hey, welcome back. On today's episode, I want to talk to you about the brain, the human brain. And keep that in mind. When I say the human brain, I'm talking about the mechanics that exist within each and every one of us. So I emphasize this because a lot of times when we're experiencing anxiety, particularly, you know, in silence, experiencing it while trying to achieve and do more, be more, prove more, Um, experiencing that really quietly, but with so much discomfort. Sometimes it feels very lonely. And we might convince ourselves that we are, we are indeed alone in that feeling and that we are strange and weird. And these intrusive thoughts that I'm having are you know, unspeakable. Like I can't talk about this to people. These are super weird thoughts and I can't express that openly. It's a lonely, lonely experience and it can be really distressing. When I say human brain, I'm talking about those mechanics that flow through all of us, meaning that we are actually experiencing a lot more of the similar types of thoughts than we think. We're really not as alone as we think we are with these, you know, really strange, weird, anxious, irrational thoughts and behaviors. It just might be that you haven't found a community of people who are authentic enough and willing enough to share the real stuff. Our brain works in a way that is meant to keep us safe, that is purpose its purpose at its very core is survival. And what that means for us is that over the evolution of humankind, thinking back, you know, thousands of years ago, more than that, really, we had different requirements in order to survive from a day-to-day basis. We needed to keep safe from, you know, potential threats that just don't exist really in this day and age. We have different threats, don't get me wrong, but we weren't having to, you know, find shelter and hide from wild animals or, you know, seek out food by hunting it and hoping that there's going to be enough to hunt or enough to find and that we're not going to be poisoned or harmed in the process of figuring all that out. We don't deal with that now, really. However, because we did at one point, our oldest part of the brain, the deepest part of our brain is still functioning in that fight, flight, freeze way. It is still the part of the brain that's going to trigger us and let us know, hey, there is a threat 
We got to either get out of here, we got to fight, or we better freeze and hope it doesn't see us. And so that didn't go away. It's still there, that deep part of the brain. This is our our limbic system, what can, is contained in the limbic system. And when we even, you know, even though we aren't experiencing threats like we once did, when we are now experiencing a threat of some kind or a perceived threat, even if, you know, we rationally know or it can be reflected to us that it's not a super legitimate threat. Uh, either way, we are engaging that part of the brain that once needed to be active and doing its thing. We activate all the same parts, all those same mechanics. And if you think about just surviving, that doesn't include rationality. That doesn't include logic. We're just talking about whatever I've got to do. And because of that, when we activate that part of the brain now, we might find ourselves doing things, thinking in ways, acting in ways that are really irrational and really intense and distressing, distressing. Like we know it's not rational, but we just like can't help ourselves from thinking that thought over and over again or engaging in that same pattern of behavior when I'm mad or I'm anxious, panicked over and over again. So it's important that knowing this might support a sense of compassion, that we're not doing and thinking in irrational ways because we want to. It's happening because my human brain is doing exactly what it is built to do. It is built to activate certain mechanics in the brain to keep me alive when I perceive a threat. So thank you, brain, for always being on my side. And that's something that a lot of folks particularly people who struggle with anxiety, don't really connect with often. More than often, anxious people are angry at their brain. They are mad at it. They do not have a good relationship to their thoughts. And they tend to experience at least some level of self-loathing. It's frustrating. But if we can know this, if we can really know it and remain connected with this understanding, perhaps it can shift the way we approach anxiety when we're feeling that threat and we are experiencing distress, anxiety, and we're ready to act in that same pattern we normally do. Maybe we can remember where that's coming from. We can say, whoa, okay. I'm perceiving a threat. We can breathe through it, offer ourselves compassion, and then assess, okay, am I really in as threatening a position as I thought? This assessment is super important, right? Checking in with, is this situation truly as threatening as that 
deep inner part of my brain thinks it is. Because what's happening here is that limbic system, okay, is let's start just with three pieces of the brain here. The amygdala is first sensing it is, it is viewing a threat. And so it's the little alarm that goes off in the brain and says, alert, alert, we have a threat. That is then signaling our hippocampus, which is the part of the brain that's able to determine from past and present. And that can allow us to then signal the hypothalamus to release hormones to help us calm down, inhibit hormones that are stressing us out, or release more hormones that are going to gear us up ready to battle or run from a threat. So we're feeling this throughout our body. There's something that's triggering us. The anxiety just rises. It floods. There's a sense of panic. There's a, a feeling of tension and maybe this urge to explode in some way. And this is why irritability is also a really common symptom of anxiety. And so that's super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to be in this situation and then think rationally. So when somebody's here, it's not always the most effective thing to tell them something rational. That's not going to necessarily target what needs to be targeted at that moment. That limbic system is triggered. It needs to know that everything is safe. And because we know that part of the brain isn't rational, it doesn't function that way. What we need to think about is how it does function. It is taking in sensory information. This is how it perceives a threat to begin with, whether it's through observing a facial expression, hearing a tone of voice, learning news about something, um, just observing something that might be happening before them that is triggering in some way. It's taking all of that in, which is leading for the anxiety or the stress to surface in some way. So we need to help that part of the brain then take in other information that feels safe, that feels not threatening at all, and then helps the person to become more present with safety, with content, comfort, with the here and now, the present moment. And so that could mean literally just doing a scan of the body. Where am I? Where am I sitting? Where am I standing? What are my feet doing? Where are my hands? Okay, I'm taking in a breath. What's around me? Like, what are, what are the structures around me? What are the shapes, the colors? Maybe I touch something and I determine, like, what the texture of it is, or I notice the temperature of the air around me, or the temperature of something that I just touch onto. This then helps that part of the brain go, oh, okay, I am in a room. I see rectangles and circles and I see blue and orange and beige and then suddenly I'm connecting more with my body and I can feel the parts of my body that are actually comfortable. I might begin to even notice a shift from feeling tense to feeling relaxed, from feeling a rapid, you know, heartbeat to a more steady, normal, typical rate or I start to notice that my jaw kind of 
relaxes and my forehead chills out and I'm not, you know, furrowing my brow anymore. These things that we then begin to recognize help the brain recognize and see fully that I'm okay. I'm good. And when it feels safe, it can then think rationally. So when we're triggered and we are experiencing a sense of panic, doom, we're just really worried or we're really angry or irritable or we're stuck in our head and we're feeling our body start to respond. If you're feeling your body responding, that's because your brain is releasing hormones that are telling it that it needs to gear up to fight, flight, freeze. So that's a sign that we need to mindfully check in with the here and now, assess for safety, and like really go there, say to yourself, I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm good. In this moment, I'm actually good. Because the reality is most of the time, most of the time, not all of it, but most of it, most of us are actually okay. So thinking rationally now becomes available. We can start to affirm things that we need to affirm for ourselves. We can remember things that we need to remember. We can focus on a solution as opposed to the uncomfortable feeling in the body. So this is what I encourage you to do. By understanding the brain, by having this knowledge, we can then utilize certain reminders to be compassionate, to focus on being present with what feels safe and comfortable, and then using rationality to alter our behavior so that it's less distressing for us and so that we can hopefully intervene on patterns that just haven't been feeling fulfilling, haven't been behaviors that maybe we're proud of. Keep in mind, again, most importantly here, you have every right to be compassionate with yourself. You do not have to beat yourself up for experiencing anxiety, for having what you might think are these, you know, strange or or difficult to handle intrusive thoughts. It's okay, you're not alone. This is your brain doing exactly what it is supposed to do. We now just need to slow it down, breathe with the present moment, recognize safety, and then think rationally. And we can change so, so much. So with that, I hope to leave you some hope yourself so that you can walk away from this episode knowing that you can absolutely shift things. You are not weird. You are not abnormal. Your brain is working exactly as it should and you can make it work better. You can make it do what you want it to do for you rather than feeling consumed by it and and directed by it in irrational ways. So keep up that hope, keep up that compassion, and try to stay as present as you can. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Anxiety Relief Breathe. If you're looking for some additional support, take a look at my website, mindfulrevampinc.com. Here, you'll be able to access a free quiz on what's your coping style. After the quiz, you'll receive an individualized breakdown of your style of coping, and you'll learn about your strengths, challenges, tips for coping given your unique strengths, as well as a link to a free mindfulness-based workshop, Simple Grounding Skills, Go from feeling overwhelmed to feeling in control. I look forward to connecting with you next time.